0: Good day. My name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. So did you take me up on last week's steal, steal, steal challenge? I did it for three full days, one hour, four tables at a time, 10 NL. I'm going to go over my results in this podcast episode, as well as give you some tips for better steals, both pre-flop and post-flop. If you missed last week's steal, steal, steal challenge episode, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod446. The page is broken up into two parts, right? The top, I guess the top half of the page is all the steal details, as well as five tips for better steals, two pre-flop, two post-flop, and one combo stealing tip, um, or strategy, I guess, is probably a better way to say that. Um, The bottom half of that page has my results, so you'll see a screenshot of my results over those three sessions, 940 hands played in total. So, like I said, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod446. So without further ado, let's do this. Gambate! Well, where you at now, boy? feel really bad about this but i'm not going to tell you that we do not do that to each other we're ravagers we got a code yeah and that code is steal from everybody all right so first off this steal challenge was a ton of fun i have never played like i've done one time little challenges try to steal more pre-flop or steal more post-flop but this was the first time i did it four tables at a time my usual my usual um number of tables that i play right i was on ignition the whole time absolutely loved it. Now, uh, like I said, go to the show notes page. You can see a screenshot of these results, but on day one, uh, July 13th, I won $10 and 85 cents. So a little bit over one buy-in cause it was at 10 NL $10 games, right? My win rate was positive 36 big blinds per hundred hands. Day two on Friday was positive $8 and eight cents with a uh, win rate of positive 24 big blinds per hundred hands. And then kind of a bummer session three, 304 hands, Negative $5.73, and negative 19 big blinds per 100 hands. So over those three days, I won $13.20 total with a win rate of positive 14 over 940 hands and three hours of play. Like I said, I really enjoyed uh, this challenge. And I hope you took me up on it. If you didn't take me up, I hope you do it right now. Uh, it's, it's really, it's really going to be helpful and you're going to enjoy just trying to find as many stealing opportunities, pre-flop and post-flop looking for the right opponents to tackle, looking for the right flops and the right turn cards. You are going to love building your stealing skills. Now, session three, like I said, down $5 and 73 cents. And that was a bummer. It was marred by a hand. I had pocket jacks, I flopped a set, he turned a straight on me, but I got it all in uh, with my set versus his straight because I knew that he could be calling me versus my shove with a ton of weaker hands, two pairs, a weaker set, pair plus draws, the flush draw, like there's a possible pair plus flush draw and a straight draw all at the same time because it was like an all Broadway board, right? So I knew he could easily call me with worse. So I got it in. I hit my full house on the river. But that full house gave him a straight flush. So yeah, I lost my full $10, 100 big blind stack right there. Kind of a bummer, you know, but it happens. But altogether, really enjoyed this challenge. So some interesting things. Um, As I was playing these steel sessions, and and all of my students are going to get the full game tape videos. I recorded all of these. I'm going to post them in the Poker for so they can see all of the steals that I made. But here's an interesting thing. I was using a tick sheet as I was uh, uh, making my plays and and playing the session. I was recording all of my steals. On session one, I recorded 24 steals. But when I went back into Poker Tracker 4, looked looked at all of my winning hands, I actually had 30 steals total. There were six steals that I missed. And you could probably imagine why I missed recording these steals. I'm playing four tables at a time, right? And... I'm sure this happens to you if you play four or more tables. You're involved in three hands at one time, maybe. For example, on table one, you just open raised in the cutoff with like jack eight suited. On table two, you have pocket aces and you flopped a set uh of aces, right? On table three, you're about to three bet bluff with ace five suited. So you got three hands going on with lots of stuff. You open raise on table one with that jack eight suited, but now your focus is on the three betting hand with ace five suited and flopping a set because you want max value. You completely forget about that jack eight suited. Everybody folds, but you're so busy thinking about these other two tables that you don't even remember that you made that steal and you don't remember that that steal was successful, right? So it's a good idea. A a small tip for you, keep track of your steals as you play, but then go into PokerTracker four, filter for every one hand or hand that you won and just go through by position and count up how many hands were actual steals versus flopping a set and getting value, that kind of a thing. So like I said, I counted 24, actually 30 on day one. Now when I, uh, or session one, the, the session one, I hit 24. My goal for session two was 25 steals. I actually counted 27, but in poker tracker four. I found that I had 42 steals. I missed 15 different steals right there. Once again, probably because I was busy thinking about other tables, right? Session three, I recorded 18 steals. So I didn't hit my goal of 28, 10 shy right there. But going through Poker Tracker 4, I actually had 24 steals. So not as bad as I had thought. You know, I missed my target by only four steals right there. Um, But I really enjoyed it. The interesting thing, when you filter for one hand in Poker Tracker 4, I had 172 winning hands out of that 940. So tons were steals, and actually 10% of my wins were with steals. Um, or I'm sorry, 10% of the hands dealt, 940, I actually won um 96 of hands. So it was about 10% of the hands dealt, I won it as a steal. And I really like that percentage. Um, I recommend that you... You know, work out the math and figure out uh, when you do this challenge for yourself, how many hands dealt were winning steals, right? But altogether, really fun time, and I highly recommend that you do it. I'm going to tell all of my Poker Forge members to do this for themselves, three sessions. Now, some interesting things that I found on the button—that's where I made the most steals out of the three days, 26 successful steals, but 17 were pre-flop, either open raising, iso raising, or three betting, which makes sense, right? because you're in the best position, players are going to fold naturally to you because they don't want to give you position. So most were pre-flop steals, 17 out of the 26. In the big blind, I had 22 steals. That was my number two steal position, but 10 of those were post-flop. And I think because they were post-flop steals, you know, obviously if you steal a a pot post-flop, there's a really good chance you're going to be making more money for each post-flop steal versus a pre-flop steal you know, unless you're pre-flop stealing with a four bet over a nine big blind three bet, that kind of a thing. But um, yeah, it was great. So the big blind steals, that was the number one spot where I made the most money with my steals. And like I said, 10 out of the 22 were post-flop steals. So lots of post-flop action right there. Now, um, session three, I found the least number of steals, right? With only, like I said, I counted 18, but I had 24, which was the least of all the sessions. It also had my lowest VPIP in PFR. I was a 21 slash 19 player over those um, hands. My three bit was also the lowest at 5.4%. And um, my attempt to steal um, was at 44%, which wasn't bad, but my raising limpers was only 28% right there. Yeah. So I remember looking back at that session that I had a lot of loose, aggressive players against me when you're up against a ton of loose, aggressive players, they take your steal attempts from you. So if you really want to succeed and get as many steals as possible, you're better off really table selecting and trying to find tables with a ton of tight players, um, or also fish who could easily give up if they don't hit anything, right? So table select for better stealing opportunities and better stealing sessions as well. Now, I realized that stealing pre-flop is great, right? I made tons of open raises, tons of ISO raises, tons of three bet steals as well, but post flop seals, that's where you earn more money. So I'm really thinking it's possible sometime in the future, um, Uh, I might issue all of you listening right now, I might issue you a post-flop steal focus challenge where your goal is to potentially um, find great players to enter the pot against who you have a good opportunity to steal from them post-flop, either flop, turns, or rivers. Um, So look for that potential, potentially look for that challenge in the future. Now, for all of you Uh, Who are who haven't done this, or who just want to improve your steals? I have some tips for you. Right, when you're doing these steal kind of related sessions, and you just want to work on winning as many pots without holding a good hand as possible, focus on all steals, pre-flop and post-flop. I know I said earlier that post-flop steals make more money, but I mean, if your goal is just to steal. Try to do a pre flop and post flop. Don't just look for post flop steals until, you know, sometime in the future when I give you that post flop stealing challenge, right? But it's really critical. These stealing hands or these opportunities to steal that end up becoming successful, they're such a boost to your win rate. Because let me tell you something I counted all the steals where I won, all my successful steals. My total winnings over these three days were $29.45. Those were three buy ins. At 10 NL, Justin steals in profitability over these steal success hands. My win rate with all these steal success hands was positive 307 big blinds per hundred hands total. Positive 307 is an awesome win rate. This stealing really helped boost my overall win rate for the week, for the month, for the year of this year. So really, when you're stealing um, pre flop and post flop are both critical to your overall win rate, success, and um, improving your results. Now, before any pre-flop steal, post-flop as well. But before any pre-flop steal, you really want to know that they can find a fold. So, when you're stealing in a late position, you want to know that the blinds can fold. You want to know the button player is not going to three bet you. Like when you're stealing, just imagine Jack Eight suited in the MP. You want cutoff, button, small blind, and big blind to fold. That's the only way your steal's going to work. Now your hand might be playable post-flop, which is a good thing. But really. If you're open racing with Jack Eight suited, you even want the fishiest of fish in the blinds to fold. Like you prefer just um, taking that hand down right there, positive 1.5 big blinds in your uh, 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 bottom line. And that's a really good result. So know that they can find a fold. Also, when I was doing this challenge, I wasn't willy-nilly stealing with just anything, right? You want to consider how you can steal post-flop as well. So it's a really good idea to have a post-flop playable hand. Like Jack-8 suited is so much better than Jack-6 off suit, Or 7-6 suited is way better than 7-4 suited, right? So just try to choose hands that have good post-flop playability that can hit something really good or really good draws that'll allow you to continually putting, or it will allow you to continue putting pressure on on your opponent's flops, turns, and rivers in case you don't hit anything good. Um, suited and connected is always better than offsuit and unconnected, you know? Now, here's a really important idea, and it really hit home as I was doing these uh, the whole steal challenge, right? Before you enter a pot, whether you're gonna call preflop or open raise or three bet, whatever you're doing, have a plan for how you can steal it post-flop because jack eight suited, ace five suited, pocket threes most of the time you're not going to hit anything at all on the flop you're not going to flop your set you're not going to flop a straight or two pair just count on that plan on missing the flop because you know you're going to miss you really um set yourself up for success if you start to plan for how you can steal it post flop let's imagine you open raise with your jack eight suited um on the button you know the small blind he's a tight player he's probably going to fold but that big blind player there's a good chance he's going to call, but you look at his statistics and you see that he hates folding on the flop, only twenty percent, but he folds on the turn versus c-bets at sixty-five percent. Awesome! Before he even calls, even before you open ways with Jack Eight suited, you want to look at that player, see those stats, and you got to think to yourself, hold on a second, he folds on the turn versus c-bets. If he ends up calling me, if I see any hand, any flop against this player. I've got a plan on double barrel bluffing him if I don't hit anything with that plan in place. Poker is so much easier and so much more fun. And you know, it's a great thing. It's a, it's a really great thing when a plan works out, when you see that, a uh, path to stealing, you know, you have to double barrel him. You open, he calls, and then you double barrel, and he folds. Not only did you win the hand, but your plan succeeded. You pulled the trigger on your plan. You made every play that you knew would generally work, and he gave you what you wanted. You won the pot. It is such a good feeling, such a good high, and it makes poker just way more fun, you know? Now, another tip for you. Um, Before post-flop steals, try to name hands in their range that can find a fold. For example, flop comes down, queen, seven, deuce, rainbow, very hard to hit dry board, right? Before you see that, he checks to you. You're thinking about see You got to You got to say to yourself, well, it's a queen, seven, deuce, rainbow board. I bet he can fold all non-paired aces, kings, and even jacks, right? Ace five, king 10, um, uh, jack eight. Those are all going to fold on the queen, seven, deuce, rainbow, right? Also under pairs are probably going to fold. Pocket threes, fours, fives, sixes, maybe even eights, nines can fold on that queen high board. Uh, Depends on your opponent, right? Um, Also, any like non-backdoor draws, let's imagine your opponent has jack eight of hearts, and there's no heart on the queen seven deuce rainbow. Awesome. Like, he's probably already going to fold the jack eight, but because there's no additional heart for no backdoor flush draw potential, he's totally folding those. So, like I said, if you can name a ton of hands in their range that can fold, You're probably better off making that post flop steal. All right. And the last tip for you if you're stealing post flop, it's really good to have some kind of drawing equity. Now, drawing equity means there's, there's, um, uh, uh, or equity outs, as maybe you've heard me call them in my book, Post Flop Online Poker and stuff. Um, if you have equity outs, that means there's a lot of turn cards that can come that add equity and add draws to your range. Let's imagine. That same flop, queen, seven, deuce, rainbow, right? Let's say uh, it was a queen of spades. If you have king, jack of spades, well, you have king, queen, jack, all spades. So you have a backdoor straight draw, a backdoor flush draw, one over card with the queen as well. You want to see a 10, an ace, a king, a jack, a spade. There are so many cards that can help and give you draws or even give you a pair on the turn, that those, those are really good opportunities to make that first flop C bet bluff or check raise bluff, whatever, whatever kind of bluff you're thinking about, because when the turn comes and it adds equity to your range, you can go ahead and continue barreling as a bluff again. And if he calls one more time, you can totally hit some kind of a great draw on that river. And now you're double barrel bluffing on flop and turn. It turns into an awesome river value betting opportunity. So of course you want to know that they can find a fold, you have that king-jack on the queen-spade board. Um, if they can find a fold, great. You don't have to hit anything on the turn. You don't have to go to the river and hope to catch a flush or a straight or a top pair with the king. If they can fold, great. But if not, and sometimes your opponents just don't want to fold for whatever reason, they have a pair, they have a good draw, uh, they think you're bluffing, whatever, it's good to have that backup uh, just in case they decide to stay in against you. <music> Alrighty, thank you so much for listening. And I really hope that you took me up on the steal, steal, steal challenge. If not, you must do it. Please go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod446 right now. Do the steal, steal, steal challenge over your next three one hour sessions. Tally up everything that just like you see me and then go through those hands, go through those stats to see if you can't learn any lessons uh, about better stealing. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.